Pod Show is pleased to bring you the following killer content direct from the all-new feature-rich podshow.com. Get it, play it, dig it. The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 6. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues to talk about prayer. Last week, we looked at Matthew 6 and the teachings on prayer in that chapter. This week, I'd like to look at the 11th chapter of Luke. One day when Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The first thing I noticed in this passage here in Luke 11 is that the disciples ask because they see Jesus praying. And if you look at the Bible and you look at the Gospels in particular, and which focus on Jesus' ministry, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they often will talk about Jesus getting up early to pray or after some particular day going off by himself to pray. It talks a lot about Jesus praying. It doesn't have that many of the prayers that he mentions. It has uh, two or three of them. But it does repeatedly talk about Jesus praying. And in this particular occasion, the disciples say, teach us to pray, just as John, John the Baptist, taught his disciples. And so Jesus gives them the Lord's Prayer, which we talked about two episodes ago. And then he goes on to say this story about two friends. And one is coming to the other in the middle of the night and asking for a favor, but it's inconvenient. The man is already asleep. He's asleep with his family. Everybody's asleep in a common room. If he's to get up and go give his friend this bread, he's going to disturb everybody in his family. The kids may not get back to sleep. It's It's a hassle. And it's interesting that Jesus uses this as an illustration to pray. Because he's saying, even though he's not going to get up and give him what he wants, give this friend who is asking for bread to serve uh, a late night uh, arrival, because basically it is a very, very rude thing in this society to not be able to be a host. And so he's caught unexpectedly with a traveler who has come to him, a friend who has come, and so he needs to serve him something to be a good host, to show the hospitality that he is required to show, that he is expected to show. And so he goes next door, and he's knocking on the door and waking up the neighbors of, of this other friend. And it says, even though he's not that friend who is asleep, 
isn't going to get up and give him bread because he is a friend. He's still going to get up because of the fellow's boldness, because of the fellow's persistence. Because basically, at some point, he might as well get up because he's going to be disturbing the whole family anyway. And it's after this story that Jesus tells us that often remembered phrase, ask and will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. Basically, he's saying, if you don't have, you haven't asked. Now, in the book of James, in chapter 4, verse 2, it elaborates on that a little bit. It says, You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. But in this particular chapter, Jesus is really focusing on the asking, to to go ahead and ask. Uh, to not be afraid to ask. And he illustrates that again with this additional story about which of you fathers, if if your son asks for a fish, would give him a snake instead? If he asks for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Basically what Jesus is saying is God wants like a benevolent father to give us things. Now, I have two kids. My kids are teenagers now. But I understand this desire to give my kids good things. I understand that I am motivated out of love to give my kid, to provide for my kids, and to give them gifts. And it's it's wondrous, especially on Christmas morning, to, to see their faces light up when they have been given something that they enjoy. So Jesus is saying, If you understand that, then you understand that God does want what is good for us. So will you get everything you pray for? That hasn't been my experience. Is it because I don't have the right motives? Perhaps, sometimes, sure. Is it because I don't ask? Probably, sometimes, also that. But I think there's another thing we need to look at, and that's this analogy here of the father and the son. You know, would you who are who are sinners, you know how to give good gifts to your kids. When my kids who I love dearly ask me for things, I don't always say yes. I say yes sometimes, sometimes I say no, and sometimes I say not yet. And I think our Heavenly Father who loves us will also sometimes give us all three answers. Not because he's being mean, again, but because he loves us. And so if my kids ask for something that is bad for them, um, I'm going to say no. If they ask for something that the timing is right, I'm going to say yes. And then there's this other one of that I think is probably even more inconvenient for us, which is there are some times that my kids ask for something and I say, not just yet. Uh, you can't have that now. You're not ready for that at your age. Um, You can't have your dessert before dinner because it would be bad for you. It'd spoil your appetite. Whatever the reason, the timing is not yet right. And I think similarly, Jesus encourages us, like this friend who is coming over to the neighbor's house, to continue to pray because sometimes maybe it's the prayer that he wants to develop in us. He wants us to develop the habit of coming back to him. Sometimes I think we want prayer to be like winning the lottery. God, if you would just give me, let me win the lottery, then I would never have to bother you again. But that's not God's motivation. God is looking for a relationship with us, and he really wants us to bother him again. He wants us to daily, hourly, take our concerns to him. 
Paul's letter to the Philippians puts it this way. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evidence to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And in the book of James, it says this about prayer. This comes from James chapter 5. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayers offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. I don't know everything I need to know about prayer. Prayer is an place in my life where I am still learning. I am not as faithful to prayer as I should be, at least in doing it with attention paid to it rather than uh, um, somewhat distracted praying. But one thing is clear to me as we look at some of these verses is that Jesus is encouraging us and is demonstrating through his examples that we should pray and that we should pray regularly and we should pray about all sorts of things. If you have any questions or comments on this or any show, feel free to leave them at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Get this podcast and more great ones like it on the High Performance Podcast Delivery Network from Podshow and Limelight Networks. I love it. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.